You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. German concerns about Russian election influence mount. In the U.S., the NSA director says a nation-state made a conscious attempt to influence American elections. Dictators can use social media, too, it seems. Holiday shopping security warnings are out, and they're not just about online purchases, either. The U.K.'s snooper charter passes the House of Lords, and a Russian court tells that country's ISPs to shut down LinkedIn. It's a concern about privacy, don't you know? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, November 17, 2016. Hans-Georg Mason, head of Germany's Federal Office for the Protection of the Constitution, adds his voice to warnings of potential Russian interference in German elections. Mason told Reuters he thinks the Russian objective would be to erode confidence in German institutions and to sow mistrust among members of the European Union. The information operations he describes would count as black propaganda, that is, as false stories, the counter to which he says should be unmasking and rumor control. Foreign policy makes a depressing observation about cyberspace, both in terms of security and in terms of information operations. Repressive regimes have found many ways of turning social media to unfortunate advantage. Twitter's rise as the day star in the false dawn of Iran's green revolution now seems like ancient history. Information may want to be free, sure, but a kind of Gresham's law might also be operating here, with bad money driving good money out of the marketplace. So German concerns track U.S. concerns on this matter fairly closely. NSA Director Admiral Michael Rogers said this week that an unnamed state, but there's no mystery about which one, the U.S. intelligence community named Russia a few weeks ago, made a conscious effort to affect the recent U.S. elections via WikiLeaks. The WikiLeaks connection is significant since it would make the operation Julian Assange leads to be, in U.S. official eyes, at the very least an agent of influence acting on behalf of Russian interests. It's worth noting that whatever motives WikiLeaks has are likely to be overdetermined. Assange probably had political rooting interests and taste for online muckraking long before any alleged contact by Russian organs. Reactions in the U.S. press are interesting. Mother Jones wants Congress to investigate, and Mother Jones is sounding perhaps surprisingly a lot more like Mr. Deeds than their labor activist and wobbly founder namesake. 
An op-ed in the Christian Science Monitor's passcode, remembering that the documents leaked were apparently genuine enough, argues that the big lesson to take away from the U.S. elections is that everyone, especially politicians and their staffs and their enablers, needs to do a better job of securing themselves online. An ongoing threat to organizations and individuals alike are phishing attacks, typically emails that use social engineering to get users to click through to nefarious websites or otherwise unwittingly do the bidding of the baddies. We checked in with John LaCour, CEO of Fish Labs, for some advice on fighting the fishers. Security hardware and software companies try to make technology that catches the attacks before they get put in front of humans. And, and by and large, they, they work pretty well. Most of the bad stuff is, is filtered out. But yet some of it still gets through. And, you know, the bad guys are able to tailor their emails and tweak them over time to figure out how to make them get through. So some of these malicious messages end up in user mailboxes you know, where users have to take action to either infect their computer, open the, the back door for the for the bad guys. You know, automated technology is, is not going to be a panacea, but it, but it does help. Do people's perceptions of, of phishing align with the reality of it? Do people consider it to be the serious threat that it is? Do they take it more seriously than they should or less seriously than they should or somewhere in the middle? I think people um, don't take it seriously enough. I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, they hear about the media stories of data breaches, but most people think, well, that's that's uh, happens to other people, or I'm going to recognize the attacks. But the reality is, is that, you know, and it's a good thing in a way. Most people's human nature is to be helpful, and so the attackers know this and and use that as part of their attacks. So. They'll send email messages that are, are, are friendly. In some cases, the attackers will send emails that are, are very demanding and uh, ominous, and they want to encourage people to take action right away. And so I think people don't understand how sophisticated some of these attacks can be and generally um, are not very good at, at spotting the phishing messages. You know, we're st- we've known about phishing for a long time, and companies are still losing, in some cases, millions of dollars every year to phishing attacks. So, you know, the results speak for themselves. Phishing is still a big problem. So what's your advice to, uh, to companies who want to try to get a better handle on this? Yeah, so my advice to companies is to really um, do three things. It's a three-pronged approach. The first is to educate your users, and that's your first line of, of defense after the security technologies that you've already invested in. The second step is once you've educated users, leverage them as part of your threat detection system, if you will. Have a process whereby users can report suspicious emails and have them acted upon. And then thirdly, take those learnings from those reports and use that as a feedback loop to better your security posture, whether that's by improving technology and tools that you've purchased, whether that's by improving your education program, or just better information about what sort of information or data your attackers are going after. That's John LaCour from Fish Labs. Huawei and ZTE scrambled to reassure customers about the AdUp's backdoor crypto wire researchers found in too many phones. Huawei asserts firmly that it's never been a customer of the Shanghai AdUp's technology company. ZTE doesn't go quite that far, but it does say that none of the phones it sold in the U.S. feature the back door. 
Enigma Software predicts a holiday cybercrime spike, and others, including Core Security and SkyCure, offer advice on staying safe while shopping. SkyCure's even got a rundown on the riskiest mall Wi-Fi systems. You can read the whole thing from the link in today's CyberWire Daily News Brief, but we'll just say that there's one shopping center in Vegas where you should probably keep your phone turned off. Recorded Future is offering a peek into the mind of the cybercriminal. Readers of Freakonomics, who've seen how low-level street criminals are recruited even though the money goes to the kingpins, and those of you who saw Donnie Brasco and remember the Pacino character trying to saw open parking meters for chump change, won't be surprised to learn that low-level cyberhoods lack skills and really just don't make very much. But alas, they're still out there, so be on guard when you shop during the holidays. Others are predicting a holiday surge of denial of service, too, in part because the barriers of entry in this part of the criminal market have dropped as much as they have. The CyberWire heard from Plixer's CEO Michael Patterson on this issue. He said, quote, It's no surprise that the volume of DDoS attacks are on the rise. It provides value to cybercriminals in multiple ways. End quote. It can, as we've seen, serve as a misdirection for a simultaneous targeted attack, and the threat of DDoS can be a way of extorting companies, like retailers depending on holiday online sales, to pay up or face seasonal ruin. Patterson went on to say that the widespread availability of Mirai source code has contributed to the problem, as has the proliferation of connected things in the Internet of Things. Quote, If you consider that Gartner estimates that by 2020, 50 billion connected things will be on the Internet, you can appreciate that the trend here isn't really our friend. End quote. In the UK, the Snoopers Charter passes the Lords. This means that once it receives the expected essentially routine royal assent, it will become law probably before the new year. And finally, because the Russian government cares as much about personal privacy as it does about combinations in restraint of trade, a Russian court has ruled that the country's ISPs must block LinkedIn. You did see that Kaspersky and Microsoft are now in an antitrust dust-up in a Moscow court? Hmm... Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. 
This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Ron Yahalam. He's the project leader at the Malware Lab of the Cybersecurity Research Center at Ben-Gurion University. Ron, uh, USB devices are one of your specialties, and today you wanted to take us through some potential hardware vulnerabilities when it comes to USB devices. I want to talk about two categories, primary categories of USB hardware attacks. The first one is uh, what I call Trojan attacks. Now, there are many inexpensive microcontrollers out there that can be used to emulate different USB devices, practically any USB device, while being concealed in an innocuous uh, casing. For example, you can uh, consider the TNC, which is a complete USB microcontroller development system and comes with uh, many free software development tools and can be purchased for only $20. And uh, another example is the universal RF USB keyboard emulation device, which was developed by Monta Elkins, which uh, is basically a, a TNC with an additional radio frequency component attached to it. And it allows, um, it allows the adaptive and remote delivery of keystrokes to a computer. So it's actually overcoming the blind timing and selection of attacks. And these are challenges that you um, it's impossible to overcome if you can't uh, operate from a, a remote location. And uh, a different example is the USB rubber ducky, uh, which is a commercial keystroke injection attack platform. It's based on an Amtel microcontroller that poses uh, as a keyboard. And uh, it was, it's developed by the nice folk at uh, Hack5. Uh, it can be purchased for about forty-five dollars. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's uh, it, it does almost everything with a very uh, simple um, langu- language that you can uh, code the scripts with, and it will automatically once you inject it, it will automatically execute a script of commands. It's capable of changing system settings, opening back doors, retrieving data, initiating reverse shells, or uh, basically anything that you can achieve with physical access. And it does that all in a matter of seconds. Uh, so the the second category, I guess you can call them electrical attacks. Um, this thing was originally referred to as a USB killer, and it was um, developed by a Russian security researcher in 2015, nicknamed Dark Purple. And uh, what he did, he just built a USB stick that that's capable of uh, destroying sensitive components of your computer once it's plugged in. Okay, basically what he does is. He connect when you, once you connect the stick to a host's USB port, it starts the operation of a voltage converter on the USB stick, which charges a capacitor to about uh, minus 220 volts. And then when the voltage is uh, that voltage is achieved, the converter is switched off, the, cap- the capacitor is discharged, and uh, its accumulated energy is just applied to the signal lines of the USB interface, and the cycle is repeated in about a couple of seconds, um, you can incapacitate the, the host computer. So it basically fries part of the computer. So what we really should hope for are uh, new USB devices that the manufacturers do um, add some kind of hardware signature uh, validation of the firmware. Um, and uh, another approach maybe would be to um, develop all sorts of uh, detection methods, kind of like what my research is aiming at so that we can continue using the very many um, currently available USB devices. But uh, be safe. All right, Ron Yahalem, thanks for joining us.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. (laughs) 